A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Kris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Money Making Conversations Masterclass. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For you, it may be the size of your paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. I always tell people it's time to stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. People always talk about their purpose or gift. If you have a gift, lead with your gift. And don't let your friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. My next guest on the show today is Kelly Jenrette. She plays, as she calls herself, a beloved professor, but some call her a whistleblower that crippled the baseball team at Brinkston, a fictional HBC on the new CW series, All-American Homecoming. I've watched the first four episodes. It's fantastic. She is aunt to Simone, the lead character in the series All-American Homecoming that is premiering Mondays on the CW. Kelly herself, let's talk about her for a little bit, recently starred in the Spectrum original series Manhunt, Deadly games on CBS. On the film front, she currently has two, not two, dose Netflix original films that one of my favorites is Uncorked. Oh, they start along with Courtney B. Vance and Niecy Nash, which is my girl as well, all day and all night opposite, uh, alongside uh, Jeffrey Wright and Ashton Sanders. But please, let's stop all these critics. Let's stop all this talk. Let's bring her on. She's sitting there. She looks fantastic. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations Masterclass, Kelly Jenrette. How are you doing, Kelly? Hi, I am doing well. How are you? First of all, you, you look fantastic. You know, you look, you know, we know we've been going through this COVID uh, since 2020. And uh, and mm-hmm. now you, 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 you're still out there acting, still still hanging in the game. And let's talk about how are you doing right now? This is about a journey. That's what the master class is about. How did you get into business of acting? Well, according to my mama, I was born <laughs> dramatic. Um, but I want to say it was when I was in the fifth grade and my fifth grade teacher, Mr. Hornsby, mm-hmm. asked the class if we wanted to put on a play 
uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And we all wanted to do it. And I got to play Charlie, Mm -hmm. um, the lead. Uh And he asked if I wanted to change the character's name to Charlene. And I was like, no, I can play a boy (laughs) and (laughs) play, did that. And then my daddy took me and my sister uh, to the movies to see the five heartbeats. Wow. And I fell in love with that movie so Mm -hmm. much so that when I watched it at home, I had a notepad and I took and I started writing um, the lyrics to the song, no matter how hard it gets. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I was just like, and so I would perform that around the house and I was like, yes, I I love this. Mm -hmm. And so that for me is my first memory of this whole acting thing. Well, you know, interesting because uh, like I said, when I, I remember when high school, I eventually became a stand-up comedian. I, I became a stand-up comedian. I fell in love when college just opened my mind. To, it, it allowed me to see things differently. In high school, I just wanted to get out of high school. But in, yeah. in high, I always remember this young guy in high school. He wanted to be an actor. You know, he would he'd be on a loudspeaker doing all the announcements. He had all these characters, all these voices, and I was like, man, that sounds pretty corny. And I say that because you know when you don't when you acting is not something normal for a black person to consider. And so people, when you say that, people start looking at. Well, you don't see it on TV. You see, you know, you see people working at a bank. You see people doing normal jobs. When you look at television back then, television now, we see a lot more of us on. But you was pursuing an opportunity that a lot of people doubted. How did you break through that? You know, to be completely honest, by the time I got in high school, I was that person that Mm. was like, man, this isn't a real job. So what I was going to do was be a lawyer who did hair on the side. (laughs) Now, (laughs) clearly that person belongs in the creative world. You think you're going to be a lawyer and do hair on the side. Um, And so when I graduated from high school and I would do plays with my local church um, throughout high school, but it was still like acting isn't a real job. Mm -hmm. So when I graduated high school, I went to Xavier University Mm -hmm. in New Orleans Mm -hmm. because I was going to be a forensic psychologist Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and stayed there for two years. Ace, my first uh, chemistry test. And that second year, I was like, man, I... I'd much rather play a forensic psychologist on TV than be one in real life. (laughs) And I made the decision to transfer back home to Mm -hmm. Georgia state Mm -hmm. and get my degree in theater. You know, I think it was just for me, I just felt like this isn't what I feel like I'm being called to do, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I had to honor that. And fortunately, I had a family and still have a family who is so supportive of me. My mom, man, please, that woman right there. <laughs> it was like, all right, if I if I was like, you know, mom, I think I want to try to fly to the moon. She'd be like, all right, well, should we go to Home Depot and <laughs> get material? To, you know, like that's just the kind of woman. My daddy, it took yeah. him a moment. Mm-hmm. to kind of come around. And I think that was part of my hesitation of like, yeah, I mean, he, he, it took him a moment. Like, I want to say when I went home for Christmas, mm-hmm. my daddy for the first time to my face was like, you know, you hung in there right. and I'm so proud of you. Like I had my doubts. I couldn't do it, 
but you hung in there and you did it and look at you now. I'm like, yeah. yeah. The reason I bring that up, because that's one of the lines I talk about, you know, when your gifts, you know, don't let your friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning and living your dreams. Because your dreams, I always tell people when you go through life, if you live somebody else's life, one day that's going to become uncomfortable. So you have mm-hmm. to wake up and have that passion and the desire. And that's a really cool story you just conveyed us. But another story that you conveyed in that storytelling was mm-hmm. that you was at an HBCU and then you went to Georgia State University. Now, those are two different environments. Talk to us about mm-hmm. the HBCU experience that you were enjoying because you were doing good academics there, but that wasn't the direction you wanted to take your life. And then you went to Georgia State University. What was the experiences that you shared in both cultures? Because they are two different cultures, academic cultures. Yeah. yeah. You know, one being Xavier University in itself, extremely prestigious prestigious university in New Orleans, Um, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In New Orleans. And so even just going to New Orleans was an experience in itself, Mm -hmm. you know, the culture, the food. Yes. Um, I was like, yeah, this freshman 50 sophomore 60 (laughs) is a real thing because this food is incredible, but just the energy on that HBCU campus and seeing people that looked like me um, and and didn't look like me, but were still a part of me was very um, was very heartwarming, was very welcoming, immediately formed a group of friends that I'm still with today. We still have a text chain, Um, although all of my friends there graduated from Xavier. When I left, we still stayed in contact. And so there was just this camaraderie that we had um, that was like, yeah, we're, we're family and we're here in it together. And then leaving, going to Georgia State, which clearly was not an HBCU, right. although I hear word on the street is that Georgia State is about to become an HBCU with all of us <laughs> there now, which is <laughs> exciting. Um, but it was a different it was a different atmosphere. It felt very much like we're here to do work and not that that wasn't it. It just felt like more of a family right. there um, at the HBCU in uh, New Orleans mm-hmm. and at Georgia State. It was like, all right, we're about business and that's what we that's what we need to do. If okay. you want a family, then you can join a sorority or a fraternity or mm-hmm. other organizations. But we're here to work. Absolutely. Nice to meet and you. Plus- Goodbye. Yeah, plus Georgia State is more like a commuter school, and the uh, the, the size of the school was way bigger than it was at mm-hmm. Xavier. But the fun part about it, now you're on a uh, fictional school that's based, I want to say, in Atlanta, Georgia, called Bringston, and you're a professor who um, basically uh, the word whistleblower, the word uh, a, a lot of other negative words about your character, but this is all character development. You you play a great, great loving aunt who is very supportive of the students who are attending uh, this uh, this fantastic university. I want to tell everybody, when you watch the series, I told her off air, I got to tell her on air, it felt like Different World on Steroids, where you <laughs> saw Different World in a very sitcom environment. This is, a, this is a slice of life, a coming of age, individuals, but I don't want to jump too ahead telling the story. Tell us your 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 view of the series, uh, All American Homecoming, which is a spinoff. Yes, spinoff of uh, 
an amazing show, All American, which is the number one TV show for the CW. So I want to give out all the shout outs and props to All American, our flagship show Mm -hmm. um, and and the foundation for what All American Homecoming is built upon. And, you know, the two words that come to mind about Homecoming is Black excellence in all its forms. You know, when we succeed and whatever that definition is, as you said earlier, or when we have our failures and how we respond to those failures, that is still black excellence. And so, you know, it's just an amazing gift to be a part of a show that is compared or even in the realm of a different world. You know, we had our TCAs yesterday Mm -hmm. and I said, when people were, people walk around with Hillman on uh, their sweatshirts and talk about how they envision going to Hillman. And I'm like, Brinkston is going to be our next Hillman um, on steroids, as you say. Well, you know, the interesting part about it was that there is an unabashed, or I shouldn't say we're unabashed. It was just, it's it's a, it's a very comfortable statement when you say black excellence on this show. I was, you know, it was just a different world. It was just a first time out it was it was a Bill Cosby show it was an incredible hit. So he had the ability to say we're going to do this show. He had the ability to say we're going to do a black graduation on this show. An episode around there. When I watch All American Homecoming, it's a coming of age. You know, I remember I was fortunate just to share a little story. I was I was I was writing. I was supervising producer for the uh, uh, Sister Sister T and Tamara Maury, and we had to get them from high school to college. And so because it was like, okay, they got to get out of high school, but the experiences are different. Now, your role uh, is a mentor. Your role is a teacher. But your role plays a very important role because it centers around the students, giving them structure in a social environment. Talk about your character that you play and also um, why it's so important for the show to have your character. That's a great question. You know, um, you talked about earlier some of the negative words that can be used to describe Amara um, because of what she did. Right. But I believe Amara, her main goal is to help our young black people understand the importance of education. Like, yes, we can be great athletes. We can throw a football. We can bounce a basketball. We can Mm -hmm. hit a tennis ball, all of those things. And yet education is so important never to neglect the importance of education. And if that means that my character has to say, yo, something is off happening here, I'm going to blow that whistle at the expense of our young people being able to go out into this world that is already stacked against them in so many different areas. And so I think the importance of my character, as N.K. has said to me numerous times before, she is the heart um, of this show because there is no judgment in her against the mistakes that may be made or even in that situation. It's like I'm presented with a problem and there is a solution Let's get to the solution. I don't want to stay focused on this scandal. What I want to focus on is how we make this better because we need to operate in a standard which is black excellence. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. 
AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to, where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories, a calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, relatable, and spark wonder without overstimulation so listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep. Each episode is narrated by me, Cheryl McLeod, a second grade teacher, and written by my husband, Clark, an eternal second grader at heart. Tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep. Make bedtime the sweetest part of your day. Sleep Tight Stories. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. I'm talking to Kelly Jenrep. She's one of the co-stars of the Will Be Popular series, uh, All-American Homecoming, mm-hmm. that will be premiering and airing on, on CW. Uh, she plays a beloved professor on this, fi- this fictional school. It's an HBCU school that's based in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, this is why I really, really like the show, y'all. Because, you know, when you, go, when you think of HBCU, you think football, you think basketball. When you think of HBCU, you think of the marching band, you think of the, the 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 girls dancing and everything. This series focuses on a couple of sports that you don't tie to an HBCU: tennis and baseball. <laughs> and and I really loved it, Kelly, because of the fact my daughter she was a tennis prodigy. 
And so, you know, I'm really looking at these tennis scenes, you know, real different, you know, because <laughs> my daughter, she picked up a racket when she was six and, and she retired at 19 because she blew out her knee and she's on the tour. So I, I look at tennis and I enjoy and I went, wow, this is so cool. And they do a good job of really making it making it. A sense of reality. This is a real tennis team, and of course mm-hmm. the baseball thing. So when I looked at that, I really it really put a smile on my face because it wasn't a football player, it wasn't a basketball team, it wasn't a band. This was about tennis and baseball. Did you enjoy that shift in the narrative of how they were showing a, a different slice of life at an HBCU? Yes, absolutely. My mom is an avid tennis player and mm-hmm. has been for. 30 years, she still plays tennis to this day. And so my love of tennis comes from her. In fact, my sister and I, Kimberly is my sister. Uh My mom tried to get us into (laughs) tennis (laughs) so that we could be the first Venus and Serena. I know that's right. Uh, But but according to her, we we were a little too prissy. We were talking about how hot it was Uh and we didn't want to be out there. You know, we were in we were in Atlanta, right? You know mm-hmm. that humidity was real. Yes. So you know we we stopped playing tennis at a very early age, but she continued on. And so I think it is so refreshing to see a sport like tennis and baseball, which what you said we don't think of that when we think of an HBCU. So I think it is very refreshing to see like hey, yes, we play tennis and we're very good at it. We also play baseball and we're very good Mm -hmm. at that as well. We can do it all. Well, you know, with excellence. Excellent. Black excellence. You know, when we do these series, that's always fun and part about these series. And I, you know, like I said, I go all the way back to when Steve Harvey and I did ABC, his first sitcom, Me and the Boys. And they always want to insert, you know, white characters or characters that are non-black so they can make, so the viewers can be comfortable. But I love the, that's why I really love the whole thing with the baseball players because you have a, you have a slice of life over there. You know, players from Columbia, white players, and it feels organic. It feels natural. And that's what mm-hmm. I really enjoy about All American Homecoming is that the show feels natural. I'm very comfortable. I don't feel as a viewer I'm being forced to participate. I feel like this is natural and it all makes sense. Now let's go to the characters on the show because we've been talking about you, but there's some characters mm-hmm. on the show that play a very important role, like your, like Simone, your, your her niece. You know your niece who comes in. She, if you know the backstory, she owned a. All American. She had a baby. Now she's she's uh, she's kind of not telling everybody about it in this next series, but she's trying to extend her life and start over in a sense. And you're there to support her, of course. As you know, the backstory. You know, her parents want didn't want her to go to an HBCU, and mm-hmm. you, and that's your sister. My and, sister. Yes, your sister. They know that, that's Kimberly. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, who, who want? Who, so I, that's what I like about when I'm talking to you. You know, you have the HBCU experience, you have the sister experience. So a lot of this wasn't really acting for you, Kelly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's what I love. And I tell Jeffrey, who plays Simone, um, that relationship between Amara and Simone reminds me so much of my relationship with my nephew, Jonathan, Mm -hmm. like Jonathan, that is my baby. My sister has two kids, Jonathan Mm -hmm. and Evelyn. Mm -hmm. My, 
I call Jonathan, my nephew's son, and Evelyn, my niece's daughter. Like, right. they are like <laughs> my children. And mm-hmm. I'm very protective over them. So this relationship between Amara and Simone feels like, oh, yeah, this is this is what I do in my real life, wanting to support her, wanting to correct her mm-hmm. um, and challenge her and just wanting the best for her. And the the relationship between myself, Kelly and Jeffrey is such a beautiful one. You know, we we talk, we text uh, all the time. She's such an amazing uh, woman. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, you talk about tennis. She puts in so much work. You know, I remember once we got the official pickup and I would be texting her and she's like, Hey, so sorry. I couldn't get back to you. I was at tennis Mm -hmm. practice or she was like, Hey, I'm getting ready to go to tennis practice. And you know, she's like, Oh, I'm so tired because I just got home from tennis practice, like really putting in the work and the same with Peyton and the baseball, like really putting in the work. So to see these, these, characters being brought to life by these individuals who are so passionate about making it look authentic and real. Kelly, as well as Amara, can't help but want to be there to support these young people, you know? Well, you know, the beauty of my show is it is broadcast on about 21 HBCU campuses from Texas Southern, Howard, Clark Atlanta University, FAMU, uh, Bethune-Cookman, just to name a few of these uh, incredible campuses that, that allow me to air my show on their radio networks. And But the word black excellence just keeps screaming out in the positive, you know, and it just seems organic to the show. That's, I think, that puts the biggest smile on your face to be able to tell a story, you know, in an environment that feels very real. I'm talking, you know, tele- television isn't real. So how you portray it makes it makes it real. And I feel like I'm watching real television play out. It just happened to be actors. And guess what? I may want to go to Bringston. Tell us about yeah. that whole feel that you that's being created by the director, being created by the actors that you guys get to meet once a week at your house and have some family dinner. Yeah, I think it was so important for NK, our showrunner and creator, to make something that was authentic. You know, being from Atlanta and then having this based in Atlanta. Jeffrey went to Clark Atlanta University, graduated from CAU. mm. Um, Yeah. So there were there were things that we were like, this has got to be on point. You know, there are things that that are so specific to Atlanta and black culture there that we want to make sure we hit on. And our uh, production crew, construction crew, it's just they have created a world that feels like Brinkston University is a real university and people are going to be Googling, like, how do I send in my application <laughs> to, to Brinkston University? Mm-hmm. Um, just because they've done such an amazing job from our background performers mm-hmm. to what the the outside of the university looks like. And and even my home, when they get a look at Amara's place, I was like, you know what? I'm going to move out of where I live right now. Yeah. And I'm going to stay in Amara's uh, loft mm-hmm. on set because just the detail that goes into creating this world and the specificity that is needed to make it yes. feel like 
oh, this is real. Like, wait, is this real? Is is just it's unbelievable. And I think it just lends itself to making it feel like this is some this is a world that I want to be a part of. I'm telling you, and Kelly's not lying. She did the, 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 her entry door, because when she closed that door, I went. <laughs> What's that wall? What is that wall? I can't, it was just so beautiful and I couldn't figure it out. I went like, I need to find out what that wall is. It's just really, you know, because I, I, that's called great set design. That's the person they hire, they design the set, they lay it out, they go around, they take photos and they want it to be comfortable. It's roomy. It feels like uh, it's a location where she stands. She can stay there on a college professor's salary and it's in Atlanta and it's true black excellence. I just want to tell you, I want to thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations Masterclass. I want to thank you for allowing, sharing your story, Xavier, to Georgia State University. You you speak black excellence. You still promote black excellence in a, in a TV series that people are going to love. I remember I came to my staff. I said, hey, man, because they know I always watch the show. I, I do not bring a guest on my show, Money Making Conversation Masterclass, unless they read the book, watch the film, or watch the series. And I, I came it. in, I told them, I said, hey, this is a great series. And my company, 3815 Media, we're all about black excellence. We're all about promoting HBCU. So, and my show is live every Tuesday from Clark Atlanta University. And so you were just right in line. I just want to thank you for taking the time, taking you taking the time to come on our show and to spread that love of black excellence. Also talk about your great talent because you are super talent. And if you guys want to check out Beyond All American Homecoming, Uncork is amazing. You got to check it out all day and all night. And an all day and a night is also fantastic. It's streaming on Netflix right now. But in coming soon. If not already, you can check out All-American Homecoming on Mondays on the CW. As you know, All-American is number one. This is going to be number one plus, okay? Thank you for coming on the show, Kelly Durant. Thank you for having me. If you want to see any of my interviews on Money Making Conversations, Masterclass, go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. <laughs>